0: Welcome, welcome all to the Pro Football Radio Podcast. This is your co-host, Jay Chima, with the pride and joy of Merrimack, New Hampshire, Puma, and the senior contributor to the Pro Football Radio Podcast, Eric Burgess, a.k.a. The Burge, a.k.a. Mr. Hot Pissed Off Guy right now. (laughs) Why are
1: you sounding so like cheerful right now and that introduction it's 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 a coping
2: it's a coping mechanism verge it's 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 a way to cope with things
0: you laugh through the tears man dude i can't do
1: it
2: i am
1: uh...
0: well to set it up for the listeners this is an emergency podcast we're jumping on right after the uh, the Los Angeles Rams taking it to the to, Los, uh, to the New, York, New England Patriots. Um, right now, it's twenty-four-three at the end of the fourth quarter. Um, but for the most part, this is a pretty bad game for the Patriots. Uh, looked lifeless, pretty bad. And I thought it might be a good time to get on on here and kind of vent it out.
1: That's
2: yeah. I the, mean, uh, I'm I'm just I'm just I'm just here for the group therapy. I mean, as, as the guy holding the ticket for the Rams. Minus four and a half. I'm, I'm having a, a great night. I, I just polished off a bottle of whiskey, um, but I mean, in, in, so, so in re- essentially,
0: so essentially, you're here to just take it's in our glowed. misery, right? Is, is that what's um, happening?
2: I'm I'm full of <laughs> I'm full of Schadenfreude, which is joy in the misery of others in German. But yeah. no, in, in in reality, though, I was expecting a closer game. I thought this was going to be a little bit more of a chess match, and uh, I, I I honestly was. Uh, expecting a little bit more out of uh out, out of Cam Newton and I mean Jay you got wh- your wh- wish Why? you Why? got your Why? 120 no, passing I, I, well, yards I don't, I don't
0: understand that and I've heard that a few times over the last 3 or 4 weeks just because we're winning does not mean that this offense is playing good or even up to standard when you pass for 153 yards and you get two wins like Like That should be alarm bells going off. That's what happened the last two Mm -hmm. weeks with us. This isn't the 1930s Green Bay Packers where you can pass for 150 yards in two games and get away with that shit.
2: I'll say this much. For me, at least kind of the beginning of the end of the football game was, I believe it was the second quarter. You guys can check this on for me, but there was an option play and Cam Newton kept it and he was dead to rights in the backfield. And as soon as that happened... I I knew that this game was a wrap. I knew that the Rams were going to just roll in this game and just and just cover the spread, and I was going to be a happy hey, camper.
1: Was that the touchdown play? Was that, like, in the red zone at the
0: goal line?
2: Yeah, it was that at the goal of, yeah, line. I don't yeah, think they scored yeah. in that game no, on that didn't. drive.
0: They yeah, haven't scored a touchdown still, all game. <laughs> well, essentially, so they had four red zone trips, right, up until this point. Um, there's still a few seconds left in the game. There are four red zone trips to the game uh, to in the game and three points to show for it.
2: Yep. I don't
1: let that sink in. Know. Let that sink I in. I don't even I don't even know what to say, man. Like,
2: uh. I mean, I'll say this much and I know uh, birds, we, we we're all in the group chat and you were you were popping off a little bit on Twitter and, and rightfully so. If I Still if I land. had skin in the skin in the game, I, I would have felt the same way as you guys. But like. I mean, do we expect yeah. Jared Stidham to start moving forward? Is this just going to be we're, we're going to huh. keep hitting well, the iceberg with Cam Newton moving forward? Like, I, I'll look, start with you, Burge. Like, what are, what are your thoughts?
1: Look, if, if I don't see Cam, if I don't, I'm sorry, if I don't see Jared Stidham starting a quarterback next week against the Dolphins, I'm going to blow a gasket. I'm going to absolutely blow a gasket. This team has no chance to go anywhere this year and – the fact that he, he, he didn't even get into the fourth quarter in this game pisses me off. Pisses me off. Cam Newton threw an absolutely atrocious pick six.
2: On a screen. The, that was brutal. Screen, yep. On a
1: screen. Right after this team made a big play to pick the ball off of Jared Goff, which we talked about earlier tonight as being the biggest thing in this game. And he does that. How? uh, Jay, I'm going to defer to you because I have no words.
0: Well, I I think what pisses me off the most is I don't think the Rams played a particularly well game. No, Um, they didn't. I think they scored 17 points minus the pick six. Right. And, you know, Jared Goff himself had 138 yards and one touchdown, one interception. Didn't look particularly well. Looked really shaky at some points. I think the game was one for them. Uh, on the uh, uh, on the, on the ground, right? I mean, Cam Akers alone has twenty nine carries for one hundred seventy one yards. And listen, uh, as much as I think what hurts the most about this game is we knew the offense was going to be bad, but the defense didn't show up either, right? Uh, Bill yeah. Belichick and that and that coaching staff didn't have these boys ready to play. Uh, this game got out of control what third drive in i expected the rams to come out and i was texting back and forth with burge i expected the rams to come out punch us in the face like you know give us their the best you know scripted 15 plays and then it was going to be on us to adjust and figure out how can we slow them down and essentially get back in the game right i thought was going to be like a 14-0 early early uh coming out the gate kind of thing and we're going to come back and essentially uh, try to tie the game up late but that never happened right i mean essentially they scored 17 points with that pick six and we have absolutely no answers we have no answers on offense we have no answers on defense we have no answers in the coaching staff today i, I can honestly say this i think sean mcveigh out coached and ran circles around bill belichick he used tempo to his advantage to make sure he controlled the game and i i for the life of me thought that you know bill belichick would be able to somehow uh come up with something to ne- to negate that but he wasn't able to do that so um if I had to put the blame somewhere, obviously the blame goes to Newton first because he is the quarterback, and my philosophy is always going to be listening to players on the field um, take the most of, of the brunt, but, but close second to that is Bill Belichick um, and, and essentially our coaching staff.
1: I'm 100% with you on that, and you know I've been a staunch believer in what Bill Belichick is doing this year and how he has managed the team going through everything that they've been through with covid And, you know, everything that they've gone through. Losing their greatest of all time quarterback. Tonight, the leash was not short enough. I'm sorry. After that pick six on a screen pass that Cam Newton threw right after his team by a no-name defensive back who I had no idea who the hell he was going into this game. Made an incredible play on an interception to get the ball back. In great field position and he was it it was the next play, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. It was the next play. It was the first play on offense that he threw that. And after that, how the hell they stuck with him at this point in the season, knowing how limited the passing offense is with Cam Newton in there, how the hell they stuck with him and didn't give the kid a shot in some meaningful football, some meaningful game where he was needed to bring this team back, it 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 kills me. And the arrogance is front and center when it comes to this. Front and center. And it pisses me off.
2: Well I, I So think- Burge I'm I'm sorry, real quick. So Burge, you would have pulled Cam immediately after the pick six on the screen, they were, they were at that point, they would have been down 14 points. He would have called it a wrap and put Stidham in and whatever happened, happened
1: at this point. Yes. I probably would have done that. Yes. But I, I, I I'm not going to outright criticize the decision to give him another chance on the next drive, but wasn't it the next drive that they went down to the goal line and
2: they went for have, on the fourth, four, what was it? Like fourth and four three and they ran and the, the option.
1: Yeah, and they ran the option, and Cam got sacked for a loss. Like, if not after the interception, how do you not make the change after that? You've been in the red zone twice, and you've gotten nowhere. How do you not make that decision to make that change?
0: Well, I want to delve into that, because I think that is a a serious question we need to start asking here. Why isn't Bill Belichick going to Jared Stidham, right? And, And I know it's a very... Uh, You know, it's a question that we ask many a times, but, you know, Bill Belichick always says he's going to do what's in the best interest of the team. He's gonna do us in the best interest of the team to the point where he's gonna trade away Gronkowski and have uh and to have uh, Jimmy Garoppolo start over Tom Brady. Why is he so hell bent on not starting or giving J- or giving Jerusalem any sort of playing time at all? Like I-, I truly can't fathom why it is. Like does does Cam Noon have some sort of like sex pictures of of Bill Belichick and his and his girlfriend? Like what is he holding over Belichick that Jersey isn't getting any time? Like I I truly don't get it, man.
1: I I. I don't either, and you you can make the case that they think that they know that Jared Stidham doesn't have it to to to, to win a game here. How much worse can it be back. though?
0: Well,
2: well, well uh, if
1: I, that's I, the I'm case, well, if
0: that's the case that Jared Stidham is worse than Cam Noon, then then we gotta start looking at this whole coaching staff as like, how did you get the get to this position that it's so bad?
1: I'm with you. I'm with you 100. percent And you know, I I I I, I don't know why. They have this kid on the roster, and again, we were pumped in the offseason to think that this kid could win the starting job. I'm starting to agree with that 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 mantra, you know, like Cam Newton can't throw the ball. I mean, he, he can't. had a couple he of nice throw passes. He, he throw had a ball. couple of nice passes tonight, though, and you know, he even got Nikhil Harry involved, which was great. But at the end of the day. You saw it at the end of the half when they had the ball at the 50 and they ran a draw play to, to, to try to you know, see what would happen. They had no faith in him reaching the end zone with a Hail Mary. Like, he's got, he got, every throw that comes out of that guy's hand looks awkward. It looks uncomfortable. And I, I just don't know why they're not giving this kid more of a look in meaningful football time i'm sick of seeing him in garbage time and you know what i may be wrong he may suck but you you can't know that it can't, it if you can't be worse him, than this it you,
0: can't you, be i'll worse say that.
2: this i'll say this too is like uh, maybe you guys noticed it like did did you i i saw cam newton wincing a couple of times did you guys see that do you think yeah, like that yeah. the core injury I'll, I'll that was that had him though, on the though. injury report was legit like yeah. what what, what do you guys it. think
1: That's a fair point. I mean, you you heard, you saw the tweet from Jay Glazer earlier. I mean, Mm -hmm. I think you shared, I think Jay, I think you shared it with all of us that his injury is legit. And maybe that is factoring into what is going on with him as a passer. But all season, I have felt this way. And I have never been comfortable with him throwing the football. And I,
0: I, I, but, but even uh, listen, listen, I think, I think Cam has been hurt for most of this year. I am, I am in the camp that I don't think he's healthy at all. And, And if that's the case, then why do they still trot him out there? Like, what I don't understand is Bill Belichick for 20 fucking years told us he will do what's in the best interest of the team. And from everything that we've seen so far, Cam Newton being the starting quarterback for the Patriots is not in the best interest of the team. The only thing, the only thing I could think of and this is just me putting on my Brandon Silva conspiracy theory hat is that, you know, Cam Newton and Bill Belchek sat down in the summertime and Belchek said, listen, I can't afford to pay you, but if you take this, this bullshit little minimum ass contract, I will let you start for the full year. I think that oh. might be something they had in the back channels. That's the only thing I could think of. But my bigger point is, Cam Newton on the field is not in the best interest of the New England Patriots.
2: Well, I'm with you. If it's in the in the best interest of things, uh, I know we were on our podcast episode earlier where Barju was saying like, "Hey, like they're they're not throwing the they're not trying to tank, they're not trying to go for the higher draft pick. Are they unintentionally trying to tank for a higher draft pick by trying to be competitive?" I mean, at this point, if if he was hurt all year, one, how did he pass the off-season physical to sign the contract with the New England Patriots? And if he was healthy when he signed, when did he get hurt, and why is it affecting him throwing the football? Because we've been on this podcast for the last month or so, uh, definitely with the, the the Burge era of, you know, every, every time... Every time Cam throws the football, it's an adventure. It's almost like Mitchell Trubisky out there. So, like, what came first? Like, was he hurt and they just waived the issue with the physical, or did he get dinged up along the way and he just wasn't able to recover? Like, it's almost like the chick. Which came first, the chicken or the egg? Well, I mean,
1: I mean, I mean, an abdomen injury when you're throwing the football is a big deal.
2: It's a big deal. You're getting all your power from your core and your feet. Exactly. Which his feet, his feet his work is not the greatest even when he is healthy.
1: I agree with you 100% there. And, you know, he, he the Patriots won, have won, what, four out of their last six counting tonight? You could argue, and it's a pretty strong argument, that they didn't win because of their quarterback play. Of course not. They didn't win because of that. They won because of their running attack, and they won because of their defense and their special
0: teams. Well, we won because of hook or crook. We won because the Jets decided they wanted Trevor Lawrence. We <sighs> won because there was a fucking monsoon when the Ravens came into town. We won because Chargers and Anthony Lynn are fucking useless. And that was my bigger point with all the fucking optimism this week. I understand we beat the Chargers 45-0. I understand we are looking good for the last week, or for the last month or so, but it's not sustainable. You can't win like this in the NFL. You cannot win like this in the NFL. If you run the ball 90% of the time, you still got to have some sort of passing attack to loosen up the defense and keep them honest.
1: Let the record show who killed our take it to the bank parlay this week. Who's that? <laughs> oh. You!
0: I don't know. I mean, at the end of the day, when you your team always your team always drags you down, right? Like, you, it's, like it's like this the next, like next that beats you up over and over again. But I'm still trying to, to, to make you, some
1: you light know? out of this whole thing. I'm this not the page,
0: not the time for
2: <laughs> this is why rule number one in, in sports betting: you never bet your favorite team. We got, Jordan, there's,
0: we got Jordan Bell for fucking up. There's, there's <laughs> a to is There this, is a is reason the why. There is a reason
2: why. Hear me out. There's a reason why the only time this year I bet the Dolphins once and I cried Wrong. after I made that fucking ticket was when they were favorite. Uh, I think they were three and a half point favorites against Denver and they got their asses handed to them. The, rule number one, you never, you don't bet your favorite team. We're in this business to make money. We're not here to bet with our heart. And, and, unless you know what, Jay, I'm not, I'm not going to crucify you for the, the, the ticket to the bank parlay because, you know, going into this game, everybody thought, and, and to a certain extent, I did as well too, that, you know, Jerry Goff, he is a, a Jekyll and Hyde kind of quarterback. This defense, it, it, it's still the New England Patriots. You, ha- you still have Bill Belichick greatest head coach of all time, he should be able to dial this defense up in a way to make life a bit miserable for Jared Goff. And for a certain extent, he kind of did. And Jared Goff threw a brutal interception that if Robert Woods' ass didn't hit the ground first, it would have been a pick six. And who knows what would have happened with this football game. It might have been a little bit closer. But I just, I... This is why I don't bet my favorite teams. Like right here. Think, th- like I think this prime we example. To,
0: I think we seriously need to start cutting that bullshit of Bill Belichick is the greatest coach of all time. He is. No. He no, he, 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 he is. All right. Let me, let me rephrase and get this right. I'm saying
2: that as he a Don Shula guy. And he, I'm saying he, no.
0: He <laughs> is the greatest of all time. I, I'll give you that. But as of late, his – his coaching has been negated by his bad GMing. The players that he chooses and the, the people that he drafts and he puts them on the field are so bad that they're negating how great he is as, as a football coach. Does that make more sense? Uh, I'm not ready to write him off. As... I'm not writing him off. I'm not. I'm not saying I'm writing him off, but I think I think what he's doing with his off seasons is 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 seriously hampering his greatness as a coach and be able to execute on the field.
1: I mean, I agree with that. I mean, he's making his job harder
2: every week. Oh, I think that the bigger issue here is, you know, not. Uh, I, I guess it's going to be the obituary of, of Cam Newton and this is kind of New his England deal Patriots with, as well with with his entire career but like you know hear me out like Cam Newton was never a on-time precision uh, you know passer on certain routes and it it is exact timing and that's why Tom Brady was able to thrive in this kind of offense with Josh McDaniels and and Bill O'Brien when he was the offensive coordinator everything was exact to the step, to the timing, to the moment, he had a great relationship with the wide receivers at the time, regardless of the fact if they were, you know, bagging at market basket or a, or, a, or a lacrosse star prior to getting on an NFL roster. And, and listen, that's not to take anything away from Tom Brady. He is the greatest quarterback of all time. But we can all agree here that Cam Newton was a square peg in a round hole and what this offense minute, was prior to Cam Newton getting here. And I just don't think that they really tried to fit the offense to fit around Cam Newton's strengths, which in this game tonight Agreed. wasn't going to be beneficial because they were down the whole time. A Agreed. power-running football game works when you have a lead or if it's a close game and your defense is still intact and balling out. And the defense, for the most part, was doing their job. They got that pick off of Jared Goff. But, I mean, they, they, they had to Agreed. start throwing in a football game. And it, it was just a recipe for failure from the jump. I'm with you. I. The defense
1: is what it We're... is. They gave up that first drive that resulted in seven points. And then your offense comes out and goes three and out. Okay, and then they they established nothing. They tried to run; it didn't work. They tried to throw; it didn't work, and they punted. Now, I agree exactly with your sentiment on this, Puma, about how they're they're not exactly fitting the offense to Cam Newton that they should, and it. <laughs> I can't even put it into words right now. But, like, Jay, but, all but, you, Jay.
0: But, but I, I, listen, I think part of my frustration is, you know, for 20 years, you know, they would uh, go into Indianapolis and run the ball with uh, nineteen million times. With what's that guy's face, Gary? The Jonas one got, Gray. Jonas Gray that got cut the next day, right? And and the next day we get on TV and podcasts and radio, and we say, "Oh my God, Bill Belichick and the coaching staff—they are so you know game specific and they tailor the offense on a game to game to game, uh, you know, a game plan." But, but now you can't fit an officer on Cam Newton? Like, like that doesn't compute to me. Like, on one hand, we're saying that Belichick is the greatest game planner of all time. On the other hand is, well, tonight, well, you really couldn't fit his offense with, with Cam Newton. Well, yeah, they was.
2: were down the whole time. Like, if this is a power-running offense, and, and you're down the entirety that's of the gonna game. Happen.
0: That's eventually going to happen in the NFL. You are going to be down. It is going to so, happen. You're so, not going to so win, so win wide wire
2: so then what are we talking about here? Like, are we expecting Cam Newton to throw the football every time? And we already know under normal circumstances, him throwing the football right now in week 14 of 2020 Sucks. is an adventure. So, like, are we going to expect him to just run the football 32 times and no, regardless we're, we're, of the score, we're, we're, we're just going to get gonna get gonna back accept to accept it?
0: Point, we're trying to get back to the point of Cam Newton needs to not be starting right now. He can't throw the ball. So, like, somebody else needs to be starting right now, and we're trying to get back to the point of why is why is Belichick so content on starting Cam Newton? Why is he actively trying to sabotage this team? Because for a while there, for a while there, over the last three or four weeks, the team was playing good complementary football. It was. And if you throw a good quarterback in there or a good quarterback play in there, you could potentially make some noise.
2: Right, but, like, last week they rolled against a, an inept Anthony Lane. And then the week prior, it was the Arizona Cardinals, which we can all agree that Kyler Murray wasn't at 100, percent and there was a missed field goal that that kind of botched everything, pushing it to overtime. And Nick Folk came in to save the game at the end at the at the last minute. But I, I, could it? I don't think it's that far beyond the realm of possibility. And yeah, you can say, hey, here's Brandon at 11:28 on December 10th after Thursday night football saying, here's a tinfoil hat theory. Is it trying to get the higher draft pick without overtly coming out and saying we're tanking for a higher draft pick? Because I mean, at this point, what other logical explanation would you have to say, okay, Cam Newton's still starting. Jared Sinem's on the bench. We've seen Jared Sinem in less pass attempts last week, equalize the same amount of passing yards Cam Newton had. Like, the, wh- what, are we, what are we doing here?
0: And I think the worst thing is there was a report circling, was it today or yesterday, that, you know, Albert, Bre- Albert Breer sent out there saying that Cam Newton is probably going to be back in New England next year as well.
2: He probably is, and I wouldn't he be surprised. Is, yeah. He's probably, probably going to be the bridge and, guy. And so,
0: and so now what? Now we have two tra- years of Lance. this shit? And now we have two years of this shit, oh, right? Jay, Jay, Jay. Cam Newton or Jimmy Garoppolo? Oh, I, Jimmy Garoppolo in a heartbeat right Whoa! now. I, I st- oh, like where's the surprise come from? I said this three weeks ago. Three weeks ago, I said, this offense is not getting any better. Week to week, it's, at that point, it was week 11 or week 12 or whatever it was. I was saying this offense is not getting any better. It might be getting worse, if anything.
1: It's 100% getting worse. And the no, fact that I he think... can't throw the ball ruins it. And uh, give me Jimmy Garoppolo all day over this. All day. I'll... I don't even care if he misses four games in the season. Give, it, give me him.
2: I'll, I'll buy Brewer's Brewers report. I, I, I think Cam Newton's going to be back. I, I think I, was, I said this on the podcast Arrigant. last week, the week. before. But not even that. Not even that. Like you're, You'll get Cam Newton back. You'll get him on a very team-friendly deal because he just burned up whatever stock he had in getting a market value contract compared to week two Arrigates. and three of this year. But then you get a bridge guy. We could all agree that, and Jay, you're, you're more in touch with, you know, college football out of all of us. Like it's probably a, a good possibility that Trey Lance goes to probably the middle first round at the, at best. Right. So if you get Trey Lance at that point, you have Cam Newton as the bridge guy, kind of showing him the ropes. And I know ropes is a very loose term at this point for week 14 of the NFL season, but you do that, you get the opt outs back from the defensive side of the football. Uh, it, It, I, I would not be su- would not be surprised in the least if Cam Newton's back next season. And, and and Jay, just to piggyback real quick, like would you see Trey Lance falling down to well, the middle rounds of the first
0: round? Here's the issue with Trey Lance. Trey Lance started one year last year, and this year he hasn't played. He's only played one game, and because of COVID, that shut down. So we have a very small sample size. I'm not saying that he won't be great in the NFL. What I'm saying is the number one and number two quarterbacks in the uh, in the upcoming draft, uh, Trevor Lawrence. And well, Justin yeah, they're going to be off the board. They're they're, They're, gonna be off the board. They are the clear-cut good quarterbacks that are gonna be great in the NFL, in my opinion. And the rest, I truly don't believe in. There's such a massive gap in talent when it when it comes from Justin Fields down to Trey Lance. And I haven't seen enough of Trey Lance. I don't buy into Zach Wilson from BYU. Kyle Trask intrigues me. He's very raw. And then Mac Jones out of Alabama. Essentially, I I have a, a little bit of an issue with Mac Jones as well. But but I think I think this. This is not going to get any better for us next year either, man. If, if, if Cam Newton is back in the starting lineup for us next year, we're looking at another 7-9 year. And, and at what point, like, are we all just going to accept it? Like, is, is that what we're coming to? Like, is it just, you know, all right, well, shit, this is what the Patriots are now. We'll, we'll just roll it out. It's 8-8, eight 7-9 eight, every year. It is what it is.
1: Well, I'll say this. I mean, this is what regular NFL teams go through, Jay. And you kind of got to get used to it. Um, I will pose this question to you. Do you think there's a chance that both Cam Newton and Jimmy Garoppolo are in camp next next summer for this well, team competing for a job?
0: What I don't understand is why is Cam Newton even in the discussion to come back next year? Dirt besides contract. Besides, besides all the bullshit of the money, <gasps> at some point, you've got to put that aside and say – well, yeah, I understand he's cheap, but, like, he's, there's a reason why he's cheap. Like, you need to find somebody that you have to pay some more money to that can actually win you games. Like, all, like, what, what, what the <coughs> Eagles did and how they benched Carson Wentz and his massive dead cap and all the bullshit they have to go through. Like, at some point, you've got to look at it for what it is and be like, all right, money might not be an issue here because we're just so goddamn bad. I'm they're a football you. team, not a uh, fucking dude. brokerage. All right, like they uh. they are not penny pinching at the end of the day about like how much how much it's gonna cost. You've got to win. Te- you got to win games in the field,
1: dude. So, I'm with you 100 here, man. And Stidham needs to be given a chance to win he needs this to be. job. He needs to be given the chance to win this job. He should have been given it after the pick six in this game tonight. He needs to start the rest of the season. I don't even care if Cam Newton's back here as a starting quarterback next year. If that's the way it's going to be, so be it. But this year, Jarrett Stidham needs to be given a chance in meaningful football for the next three weeks. Uh, anything short of that, uh, I, I'm going to be triggered every week we record this podcast because there's no point in starting Cam Newton at this point. There's a zero point. zero. You're not going to accomplish anything by ha- by rolling him out there to throw 70 yards a week in a game
2: we get the higher draft pick, but like oh. real quick, real quick, looking at look, looking at the draft, and uh, let's just assume for for ground rules that Bill Belichick doesn't do a Belichickian thing and trades out of the first round. If he does that, mm-hmm. I'm going to lose my mind. You're looking at the first round, <laughs> a mid round, mid first around like eleven to probably the twenty range, right? Depending mm-hmm. on what they end up for the rest of the season, the second round they're looking at forty second overall third round is a comp pick for losing Tom Brady. What Like first round, second round, third round, what are you guys looking at for for rebuilding in the draft? Uh, Jay, I'll start with you. What do you want in the first round, second round, third round of the NFL draft?
0: Well, listen, depending on which quarterback is there, um, I don't want them to just take a quarterback for the sake of taking a quarterback. I want them to take a quarterback if they really like the guy. If they if they really bring him in, they talk to him, they have meetings, they walk through some plays with him. If he has the physical and the mental tools and they do like him and he's there, then you've got to take that quarterback. Past that, you've got to get some help on offense, man. You've got to get some help on offense. You've you've you haven't addressed the tight end position for what 3 years now. You tried this year and it seems like these guys can't get on the field and when they do they do nothing site. at all. You haven't addressed the wide receiver position. It seems like you really can't because you don't have the capacity to address the wide receiver position. So it's very simple when you quarterback tight end wide receiver, but in execution, like, it's been five fucking years and it hasn't happened, okay?
2: Right, but, like, what – What t- if you're not getting a quarterback in the middle middle round of the, fir- uh, of the first, yeah. and we could probably all agree that Kyle Trask or Mac Jones would be a reach – at, a, say, 11 oh, wow. to 15, then what would you take? Would you take an offensive lineman? Would you go no. wide receiver in the mid-round? Are we going on the defensive side of the football? Like, what, what are we looking at in the first round as a New England Patriot fan and as, uh-huh. let's just say, Nick Casario at that point? I want a linebacker. I, I, I'm not plugged into college
1: football like you are, Jay, but I want a linebacker or a defensive lineman that early. I do not want them reaching for a quarterback in the draft. You look at the history of quarterbacks drafted in this league, you've seen guys be reached for um, and not pan out. I'd rather them build a team around a quarterback who, at the very least, could be a game manager going into this. And maybe Cam Newton is that guy, maybe Jimmy Garoppolo is that guy, maybe Jared Stidham is that guy. But I want to see them build a team around a quarterback, and then find the quarterback that that can, that can lead this team forward. That's exactly what they did back 20 years ago with Brady. They had the core. They had everything around him that they needed to succeed, and Brady came in, and you can say what you want about him at that point, but he was a game manager early in his career to win that first Super Bowl against the Rams, and that's ultimately what I want them to do here. I want them to build... The rest of the team around the quarterback, not bring in the quarterback and build the team around around that guy. If if you get what I'm saying there.
0: Well, the one off season move that I need to see this offseason, that needs to happen for the Patriots, is somehow Robert Kraft needs to take some of that power away from Bill Belichick. And I know you can't, you can't go backwards now because I know that's going to cause massive issues and that's probably going to maybe have Belichick sit down in his, in his you know, recliner tonight and start rethinking some of his decisions and where he wants to coach. But you've got to somehow save Belichick from himself. You have to. You you have to. I mean what, what he's put on the field for the last five years, with how he's alienated players, like you have to figure out a way to interject some sort of help for him with offseason moves.
1: No, I, I I'm with you on that. And the guy can't draft. I think uh I think that's been established over the last what three or four years outside of maybe hitting on a defensive lineman or an offensive lineman. And, you know, the guys that are in the secondary that are succeeding now that are young are undrafted players like J.C. Jackson. Um, I just uh, I just I just hope he gets out of his own way. And I know that's a lot saying this because Bill Belichick is about as arrogant of a coach as you and a GM as you can get.
0: That's big as well. And I think that's that's part of it. And, Brandon, I don't know how much you're plugged in. Uh, Like you said, you're not, but like, you know, Boston media always hint at this arrogance that Belichick has where it's not just important enough for him to get the, the best player for his system. It's also important for him to find him as a diamond in the rough, to find him down in the sixth round, to find him in the seventh round so that you can, you know, essentially bend the knee to Belichick's genius. That's part of the issue here as well.
2: Yeah, no, I I think a lot of things moving forward, the the draft is going to be a crapshoot this year because of COVID and, you know, depending on how, how the conferences shake out. Like, are we, you know, it, it, it was kind of up in the air at this point of whether or not, Jay, you know this, like if Ohio State was going to play in the Big Ten Championship and if they weren't able to do that, then they wouldn't be eligible for the national championship. But in the grand scheme of things, it wouldn't matter with scouting. I think a lot of... The next year or two with the New England Patriots. If I'm a Patriot fan, I'm hoping for spending in free agency. We, I already established this on on our earlier podcast today that because of the cap, because there's teams in a massive salary cap hell, just a la the Minnesota Vikings, that there are going to be teams that are going to have to cut talented people just to stay under the salary cap. I think there is a plethora of free agents that the New England Patriots could go after in free agency to sign. So maybe one- or two-year prove-it deals kind of situations and kind of build around that way and see how the draft shakes out moving forward. And one of those guys, specifically at the tight end position, I would not be that shocked if Kyle Rudolph of the Minnesota Vikings found his way on this roster. I thought he was going to be a possible trade candidate last year because the Minnesota Vikings were up against the cap. They're able to restructure his deal, but I think the Vikings are going to have to cut him. They kind of like what they have in Irv Smith. And I think if this guy finds his way into free agency, I would not be that surprised if Bill Belichick, I'm not saying overspends, but would spend a bit more to get this guy in free agency because out of the tight ends on this roster, do do you guys feel comfortable with Definitely anybody? Nope. Okay. Like, uh, even the yeah, guy that was on, activated off of, off of, off of IR today.
0: No, not even that. Like,
2: I, uh, you, you could get him. There, there's going to be a bunch of teams that are going to have to cut veteran talent because of cap situations. And I, I think... Moving forward, they're going to have to start building through free agency. They're going to have to open that wallet a little bit more. And I think Bob Kraft and Bill Belichick are going to have to have a meeting of the minds to the extent that Jay was talking about. That they are going to have to
0: scrap the
2: diamond in the rough. Right. It's not going to go over well, but like if you're going to try to keep... These fan the, the fan base <laughs> happy and the season ticket holders happy, they're going to have to spend a little bit more and open up that wallet a little bit more. And if that means overspending by two or three million for a Kyle Rudolph kind of deal or an Anthony Barr at the linebacker position instead of rolling the dice with the draft because of COVID, then so be it.
1: I'm with you hundred percent there. And I really hope Bob Robert Craft comes down on this team on Bill, uh, especially essentially
0: Bill. Problem is you can't do that now, man. You can't Why? go backwards. It's like it's like when you raise a kid, right? If you're gonna be strict every single day, then it's fine. One day you can let up down the road when he's 15, 16, and he has his own, you know, he has his own cognitive functions. But if you're gonna be loosey goosey and give him all the power when he's fucking three, you can't rein that in at sixteen. That, that that's not how it works. And when when Craft sits down and tries to rein in Belichick, it's not gonna go over well because that's. Going to be because he's no, going to perceive no. that as some sort of slight, maybe the second or third no. time now. The first time was the S- first time was Brady and so uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. Then. Well, then what do you want him to walk? Well, I don't, don't think to, he's going to be that walk. far.
2: I don't think he's going to be that far along, you know, in the near future, anyways. I think you probably have another two or three years at best of Bill because what other logical explanation would you have? For Josh McDaniels literally having Look. one foot out the door. Jay, Look. you can attest to this. That plane was ready to Look, take I saw Josh it. McDaniels I saw to Indianapolis. I saw and you saw, saw it too, Burge. Like, he was ready to go to Indy. And then at the last minute, something changed. And, like, the Sandman on the Apollo stage took the hook and whoop. And you see Josh McDaniels going back to Foxborough. Like, I don't think it's that far out of the realm of possibility that within the next two or three years maximum. And that's best case scenario that Belichick uh, gives off the throne to, to a Josh McDaniels kind of deal. Because what other reason would Josh McDaniels have to stay in New England at that point?
1: Bill, Bill is 68 going on 69 years old. You know what? He's probably got, I'm going to be generous here with this. He's got five years left coaching and that's generous. That's, that's a hot. That's the high end of the spectrum on this, and you know, I it it drives it drives me nuts that they're not bringing anybody else in to help him with the general manager type moves on this team, and uh, it would make such a difference if they had somebody of the somebody younger. You could make the argument that's the same as the United States government. Going through what we've gone through this year. We're going deep. Uh, We're going deep. I'm triggered, man. And, and, you know, at some point, the dude's got to get out of his own way. His arrogance just, it was on full display tonight. Everybody on Twitter calling for the young kid to come in, see what he's got. You got nothing to lose to see what he has out there against a legit team in a legit situation to try to come back and save the season. And they waited until garbage time to bring this kid in. Obviously, he didn't do anything in garbage time because, let's be honest, I think the team had kind of seen the writing on the wall and had just said, you know what, we're not going to hurt ourselves going forward here for our own sake or team's sake, whatever. But for the love of God, Get somebody young in here who knows the now game of the NFL to help this guy make decisions in the draft and free agency because if this team doesn't spend this year, ugh, they have I, all I, the cap space. They have think, all I the think cap space.
0: You, you hit on a little subtle thing there that I want to expand on just a little bit. It's, you said something along the lines of, you know, bringing somebody that knows this NFL this NFL and these players, right? And, and I do think Bill does look for players that, you know, he likes to coach, right? He likes to, to collaborate with, right? It's not always about who is going to run the fastest in a 40-yard line, who is going to run the quickest route. It's about, all right, well, listen, maybe this guy isn't the fastest at wide receiver, but hey— I like his acumen. I like that I can collaborate with them. He looks like he's versatile, and he, he, fits does, the offense. he
2: does. He does scheme.
0: He does pick players that might be less talented, but might be able to make up in that you know whole you know intangibles factor. But at some point, you've got to draft a talented person. Like you have to do that at some point.
2: So, so we, if you look at the contracts of the front office people, Nick Casario at the end of this year. His contract's going to be up. And we can all say it's probably safe to assume that Jack Easterby down in Houston is going (laughs) to get Nick Casario finally down into Houston. Who do you think is that next guy to fill that quasi-general manager role or attempt to have Bill Belichick's ear, assuming that Bob Kraft keeps the status quo? Like, do you guys think... There's gonna be an outsider coming in. Do you think they'll promote from within? Because I think there's a bunch of scouts that there's, their contracts are gonna be up as well too. So what what would you guys like to well, see I, as I, as Patriot fans?
0: Well, listen, I I don't know what's gonna happen obviously, but what I would love to see happen obviously is I want Thomas Dimitrov to somehow get his way back into New England. Like at the end of the day, the guy I like down, the,
2: too. The guy uh-huh. down
0: at Atlanta, he you know the Atlanta Falcons never really put it together. But that wasn't on him. He got the players and drafted and put them on the field. There was a coaching staff that didn't close the deal. And Dimitrov does have some ties with New England because he was there. I wish he would come in. And take a look at it with some fresh eyes and help out Belichick in that regard, right? Because there are those stories out there still that say, you know, essentially Belichick, yeah, he'll yep. he'll ask for the he'll ask for help during the draft, you know, yep. and when the season is over and all the notes and stuff is compiled in the draft prospects, he essentially just tells everybody to go home and he'll just take it from there and do the whole draft by himself, right? Uh, once he gets the notes and the draft, uh, the uh, the draft acumen, he essentially shuts everybody else off and, and nobody can tell him otherwise.
1: I'm with you there. And, and let's be honest, Bill Belichick was the guy who told Dimitrov not to trade up to take Julio Jones Mm -hmm. and look what he's done for that franchise down there in Atlanta. Mm -hmm. All right. Bring, bring in another opinionated guy on this team to help make draft decisions because I mean, let's be honest, Bill's, Bill's getting older. And, you know, I mean, I've never really had faith in him to draft any kind of offensive skill player, on this team, I mean, he's hit on a few of the running backs, you know, going back to Stephen Ridley, Shane Vereen, James White, etc. But you know, he 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 clearly he clearly can't find everything that this team needs, and there needs to be somebody else other than Nick Casario to come in and make decisions on this team because you know, obviously the fan base isn't going to tolerate this kind of performance year in and year out. And, you know, Puma, you can say what you want about that, but, um, they need, they, 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 they need to find a direction and they need to to find a game plan going forward after this, because this year obviously was not it. Cam Newton is not the answer as we are, we are, we are finding out. And, you know, I've had friends tell me from the beginning that this guy should have been signed to an extension and paid more, in the offseason, before he was brought here. And boy, am I glad that that did not happen. I was on the Stidham train from the beginning. And yes, I'll take the L on that from the beginning. Yeah, same here, Birds,
2: You're not the only one. I was in that camp, too.
1: You know, and you know, Cam Newton has done some good things for this team this year. But at the end of the day, he's deficient in a lot of, of, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? A lot of things, so to speak. That a quarterback needs to succeed in this league, and he's getting older. You know, you can rely on his legs as much as you want. I mean, a lot of his rushing touchdowns he's had this year have been up close on the goal line, and you know, it, I'm gonna go back to this, and it's it's pure therapy, pure venting. If I don't see Jarrett sit him next week at quarterback.
0: The part after that game is going to be uh, well. Well, let's lights move, out. Let's move it forward, right? So they got three games left here, and we've got the Dolphins, Bills, and Jets. And and the one thing that you know we, we all love to do is we always like to overreact and you know go to the other, other side of the pendulum, essentially. Like, do we see them winning any game besides the Jets game? Like, are they going to lose to both the Dolphins and the Bills?
2: No, I think I think they I think might beat one. the Dolphins. I, as, as the as the Dolphins fan of the pod, but like I'm going to be unbiased and I'm going to be critical of my team. I mean, I think we can all agree here that over the last few weeks, regardless of whether or not Tua Tonga-Vailoa was under center, the, the Dolphins really haven't had much of an offensive identity. And if they don't have any push on the defensive line – their secondary is almost neutered at that point, and we saw that in the Denver Broncos game. And I think that this might be the one spot where they could squeak by with a win against the the Miami Dolphins. But I, I really don't see them beating the Buffalo Bills. I Jay, what was the other game? You had the Dolphins, you got the Bills, and what was the other ones? The Jets. Jets. The Jets, I I, I think they, 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 in theory, they should beat the Jets. (laughs) But, (laughs) I mean, we we saw that uh, a couple of weeks ago on Monday night where the Jets took them to the limit, and then, you know, Woody Johnson called down from from England and, and told them to throw the game. But... I I see them maybe going one in one and two out of that stretch. I I think they could beat the Dolphins. I would not be surprised, and that's me as a Dolphins fan.
1: So you see them losing to the Jets, is what you're saying?
2: No, eh, oh sorry. One and two, two said one and two. I'm I'm a couple of whiskeys in, so two (laughs) and one. In theory, in theory, they should beat the Jets. So two and one. I don't have them beating the. I don't have them beating the Bills, but I I I have them beating the Jets because they need Trevor Lawrence at this point to sell it to their season ticket holders, and the, the the Dolphins just don't have an offensive identity.
1: See, at this point, with the Patriots, more or less out of the playoff picture at this point, I don't think... I, it, it's going to take a miracle for them to get in at where they are at right now. It's not going to surprise me if the arrogance of Bill Belichick shows up again, and they find a way to win against mm. the Buffalo Bills. I... It's, it's the Bills. They're coming to New, to New England. Gillette Stadium. It's not in Bill Belichick's nature to want to lose a game. And, you know, they very well may lose because of his arrogance. But that's a whole other discussion here. But at this point, with the path, I mean, we'll see what happens on Sunday. If, if other teams lose and there's still one game or half, one and a half games out, who knows? Now,
2: now Burge, Jay, I know you're going to chime in in a second, but, like, Burge, you, you keep saying, like, the arrogance of Bill and, and up against the Buffalo Bills. Like, what, like, personnel-wise, scheme-wise, like, what do you want to see from Bill Belichick in these final three games, regardless of playoff implications? Like, do you want to see more of Chase Winovich? Do you want to see more of Kyle Duggar? Do you want to see short of Stidham? I think we're all in the camp that Stidham should be starting at this point. Like, what what do you want to see to combat the arrogance of Bill? If we're able to reach beyond the uh, you know the, the the realistic possibility that we could tell Bill what to do, like, what what do you want?
1: I want to see all the young kids make impacts. I want to see Stam at quarterback, as we've well documented on this. Yep, I think we're all in agreement at this point. (laughs) I want to see what Dalton Keene and Devin Asiasi have at tight end for this team. I want to see what Kyle Duggar. I want to see them out there a lot. Kyle Duggar, Josh Uche, Chase Winovich, Anthony Jennings. I want to see them all out there. I want to see JC Jackson Make another interception or two, uh, for this team over the last stretch. I mean, the AFC East. You mean you can say what it what it's been over the last twenty years. It's been a dumpster fire, but obviously it's a little bit more competitive now. I want to see that. Uh, it'd be nice, to see, nice to see them go down to Miami and win a game handedly, because traditionally going down to Miami and playing a game has been a challenge for this team. I mean, you mm-hmm. had the Miami Miracle down there. You know, Tom Brady has, you know, in the past, has not played well down in Miami. I want to see this team go down there and put a dominant performance on the field. I, I, I'm still not one that I want to lose the last three games of the year. I want to see them continue the competitive culture. I want to see them continue to perform, regardless of, of playoff or not. And... You still have a chance to make the playoffs. Obviously, uh, I'm stretching with my. At this here point, you this. need a lot of help. Yeah, you need a lot of help, and you know you're relying on the again franchises that, that are notorious for choking in Cleveland, and um, the Las Vegas, the Raiders, and um, you know the Colts. You know, you never know what's going to happen going forward. But I want to see them be competitive going down the stretch. And I want to see them continue the winning culture that has been here, regardless if they make make the playoffs or not. If they miss the playoffs, so be it. You know, we'll have some great pods in the playoffs. You know, not talking about the Patriots all the time. And hopefully it's one year. and Thank God. Oh, get out of here. (laughs) One year and out. Next year they're back, you know. But I want to see... Some, some steps forward for the young kids. I mean, I've, se- I've liked what I've seen out of Uche this year. Winovich, you know, when he's been on the field, has, has made plays. I want to see them continue that. I like what I see out of the offensive line outside of a Luminar who got blown the hell up tonight. Um, you know, I, I, I just want to see positive takes to take out of these last three weeks. Regardless of playoff implications or not, if they miss a playoff, so be it, like I said. But anything positive I can take out of this, I'll be happy with. And, I'll, I, you know, from the beginning, I've been looking forward to this offseason. They're going to lose a lot of dead cap hits. You have a lot of teams that are in cap hell because of the pandemic. And I, I, I have no faith that Bill will spend. But I like the promise that, that this off season brings.
0: So here, here's some stuff coming through Twitter with the, uh, the post-game pressers. Uh, Bill Belichick asked about the quarterback position and Cam Newton's status next week. He responds, great question. I'm really glad you asked that. Cam is our quarterback. They asked a follow-up question about the quarterback position. He said, I think I just answered that. Cam's our quarterback.
2: I I'm, Hashtag I, I'm, t- triggered. I'm not that particularly surprised. Jay, real quick, um, just to piggyback off of Burgess' response, like, what what do you want to see? Because uh, you were kind of echoing that sentiment of, you know, the arrogance of Bill, like, down the stretch, regardless of playoff implications. Like, do, do you want to see those same players ball out? Do you want to see something different? Like, what... As the other Patriot fan on this three-man podcast, like, what do you, what do, you, what do you want to see moving down the stretch?
0: Well, listen, I really do think they need to have a, have a, uh, a sit down this off season, and and you know at the end of the day, the players on the field, I think, yeah, they're not the best, but they're they're the least of the problems. I think that how the players even got there and how they were drafted or how they were brought in is the bigger issue here. Uh, I think you gotta fundamentally fix that, uh, and Robert Kraft has to step up and do some some things that might not be popular. Um, but essentially, he's got to figure out a way to rein in Belichick, rein in his arrogance and his ego, and help him essentially not, you know, be, because at the end of the day, Belichick, what he says of him, you know, essentially doing what's best for the team is something he's not living up to right now. So whatever Robert Kraft can do to help him along the way of bringing him some help for 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 draft analysis or free agency help or analyzing this player that player, I'm all for that, man. That that needs to happen.
2: I I never thought I'd say this, but I I never thought I would really experience Patriot fans feeling what I've been going through for the last 20-something years as a Dolphins fan in the AFC East. But, um, yeah. This hey, is... listen.
0: listen I, I, I was the guy that was the biggest Brady fan on the planet, but even me, part of me, thought deep down, well, listen, at the end of the day, we do still have Belichick and, and that system, and we can plop somebody to that system, and we will look respectable. I don't even think we uh, look respectable. Like, I mean, th- I, I, I was... I'm a little blown here that um, we don't even look competitive in some of these games.
1: Look, look, I'm going to play devil's advocate on you here. and
0: Ooh, devil's
2: avocado. What you got, avocado. Burge?
1: Avocado, and, you know, as critical as I have been tonight, this team is one game below 500, and I, for one, thought it was a wishful thinking that this team would actually take the next step and get to the playoffs and make some noise. And, you know, as bad as Cam Newton has been this year, and yes, the the leash should be one thousand to the tenth power shorter than it's been <laughs> this year.
0: But but the problem this, is it's not though. I mean we no, just heard, no. we just heard this shit on Twitter now that and if he's saying this then Cam is gonna start next week.
1: And that pisses me off. And I, I, I am hundred percent agreement with you. I, you know, I'm, I'm seeing the same thing as you on Twitter right now that,
0: like, know, he's not, he's but, not Bruce Serings. He's not a documented liar. Like Cam Noon is going to roll know. out there against the Dolphins.
1: Yes, he's going to roll out there against the, against the Dolphins, and hell, he may win the game. Right. I, I honestly would, I honestly
2: else. would not be surprised. It, it, it as a Dolphins fan of the podcast. I, I wouldn't be surprised because if this offensive line of the New England Patriots, and I get it, it's, it's a bit of a freaking stretch, but if they're able to neuter the pass rush of the Miami Dolphins with Kyle Van Noy and company, this secondary of the, of the Miami Dolphins is, is almost, you know, pedestrian. We saw this against the Denver Broncos. So if they're able to establish a power running game and neutralize the pass rush, and maybe get a screen game or two in where you don't throw it to the other team. I think the New England Patriots would be able to win this football game. And I, I just I don't have confidence into a Tonga Viloa under center in this offense right now because they, they just have more, haven't had an offensive uh, offensive identity. At who this do you have
0: point. more confidence in, Tua or Cam?
2: The, the, I mean, confidence is a very strong word. Um, if you have to pick I, one right now, who would you pick? I, I, Probably can believe it or not oh because. Wow! Okay, oh okay, okay. No, okay. because I mean, what have you seen since Tua's start? What was it, uh, f- four weeks ago when he took over for uh, for for Fitz? Like, what what have you guys seen where he was making, uh, you know, accurate reads and and, and being a, a step above a, a rookie game manager? Like, I I, I don't see that under. Shane Gailey's offense, and I get it. He's a rookie, and Shane Gailey's, like, 75 years old. But, I mean, if head, I'm going, regardless, I'm going to go with the veteran, and I'll go with Cam Newton if they're able to establish a power running Delusional. Delusional. I mean, I'm not, I I get it. I'm also, like, not the biggest fan of Tua. But with all that being said, I just haven't seen enough on tape for the Miami Dolphins over the last couple of weeks with Tua under center, that he would be able to ball out against this defense. And I, and listen, I hope I'm wrong, but gun to head, I will go with Cam Newton over Tua Valoa, regardless well, of what the outcome was last, tonight.
1: Are you, are you going with the coaching staff, coaching up a game plan versus the Dolphins, versus Brian Flores, coaching up a game plan against the Patriots? Because if that's the case, I mean, I... Ah, it's going to kill me to say this. I think that if Cam Newton is the quarterback for this team going forward for the last three games, he does have a shot to win these three games. And uh, it kills me to say it because the Patriots have realistically no shot to make the playoffs. And I want to see what my boy Stidham, who I was on the train at the beginning of the season to start for this team, has going forward if they're going to if they're going to roll with Cam and you know arrogance and everything aside if they're going to roll with Cam these last three games to see what they have i think they realistically do have a chance to win out from here and we all talked about this going forward from you know weeks past in the pod that this game was going to be a critical piece for this patriots team to make the playoffs obviously they didn't show up tonight cam didn't show up defense didn't show up special teams didn't show up, and most of all, coaching didn't show up tonight, and uh, if they're going to roll with Cam the rest of the season, they're, they're what, 6-7 and seven now? Nope. They and very nine. realistically could end up 9-7 and seven to end the year, and irrelevant of everything that I've said tonight, uh, I, I, I don't know how you can take Tua over Cam. I mean, you, you get the young kid out there, balling out. Let him, let him go. Let him go. Let him see what you have. I mean, the Dolphins are in a playoff spot right now, but to take Cam over Tua with the way the Dolphins are right now, I I consider that just, wow. I, the
2: the the eye test doesn't lie, and I mean, if we had to do an early look ahead, I mean, we could probably all agree that. The Chiefs are going to beat the Dolphins this week, right? Yep. Regardless of the point oh, spread. 100%. the Dolphins, mm-hmm. Dolphins are seven point dogs. Missed if opportunity you had,
1: for the Patriots.
2: If you had to do an early look ahead, like wh- what would you put, like almost at like what the Dolphins as a one point favorite against the Pats? It'd be almost to the extent of what. The Chargers, New England point spread was like more than that. Is that I a fair a assessment? Three, I
0: think it'll be a three to four points. I think I think the Dolphins would be favored by at least a field goal at home. Um, like I mean, at the end of the day, like hey, they're a seven, seven, three team now, Brandon, or eight and three. The Dolphins. Uh,
2: I think seven and
0: three. They're seven and three. They're a game
2: better. They're a game and a half
1: better
0: than the Patriots. So like. I don't know man I just I've seen more out of the Patriots uh, I see you know a team that's playing hard for his coach they have uh, the dolphins have have some good defensive um uh, defensive talent that that's showing up you know and, and two at the end of the day he's only started four games so you know I'm not you know essentially writing him off just yet as Puma seems to be doing over here but like I mean I, I, I'm not I would, writing I would rather him off. Have the upside of two in four games and you know essentially seeing him grow and potentially do some things that I haven't seen yet I've already seen Cam Newton for what 11 games now uh, that that just isn't getting any better at any moment like I at some point, like, you know, I'd be more than happy to look at Cam's stat line and be like, all right, well, this is where I see improvement. It's three weeks in, I'm seeing this incremental improvements. None of that's happening. If anything, he might be going the other way. So I don't know. I think the Dolphins are gonna win that game.
1: Against the Patriots? You're talking against the Patriots.
0: Yeah.
2: hmm Yeah. I'm, I'm the Dolphins fan. I I'm I get it, like New England's on the ropes, but I just, like we just I don't. We just,
0: we just saw a 24-3 ass-kicking where the, where the Rams didn't play that well. The Rams did not play that well. I think that's what bugs me the most, is the Rams, besides the Russian attack, did not play that well. Yeah, but that we defense had, balled out. We still had absolutely no answer for that, absolutely no answer. But,
2: but the Dolphins don't have much of a pass rush, and if that pass rush is able to be negated, this secondary for the Dolphins, regardless of how much money they have invested in Xavier Howard, who could possibly be a defensive player of the year, and then Byron Jones, the free agent acquisition out of Dallas. I, it, if you don't have a pass rush, this secondary is pedestrian. And we, we saw this against Denver. And I, if they're able, if New England is able to negate that and maybe establish the run, a bit more and grind the game out and, and not get into a shootout like they had to have gotten into against the Rams tonight, I as a resident Dolphins fan, if that happens, I, I think New England would win that football game. It, it, it would be close because there's not a whole lot of firepower, obviously, on on the, uh, on the New England side of the football, and even on the Dolphins' side of the football, you Tua Valoa has not had much of a connection with Devontae Parker. Preston Williams has been a fantasy bust all season. Uh, I was going into this year thinking uh, Preston Williams could be a fantasy standout in this offense. I was high on him going into this season, regardless of fantasy implications. And he hasn't had much of a connection with anybody. And Mike Gusecki has kind of been wallowing in in, limbo. With, with very streaky games at times I, I just don't I think this would be a, a very a very low scoring game and I think New England might be able to sweep by with the, uh, with the win.
0: Yeah well uh, at it this
1: way uh, I got a, a kind of a crazy scenario here. Patriots lose to the Dolphins next week in Miami which very realistic that could happen given what happened tonight and the Patriots historical, uh trash performances down in Miami and then what what's that bring Miami to 9 and 4 10 and uh, 4 if they win eight. this week
2: right now the dolphins are i just googled it the dolphins are at 8 and 4 so if they so lose they're gonna be at eight to the chiefs five.
1: 8 and 5 my so Steelers beat the uh the, the lowly buffalo bills this week i got money okay. on this game regardless of the parlay um,
2: oh, oh! You, yes. Did you bet? Did you bet in the I Granite State it? there?
1: I uh, no. I bet my buddy, uh, Mr. Brad Weiser from Daniel Webster College, decided to trash talk me tonight during the Patriots game, and he conned me into a uh, a nice twenty dollars bet that the uh, Buffalo Bills were going to beat the Pittsburgh Steelers next week. And how can I not accept that? How oh, of can course! I not accept that, given everything I've said all week. So. Let's just say the Buffalo Bills lose to my Steelers this week. What's that bring them to eight and four? Uh, nine and nine four. In the in the, um, we'll say that the uh, the Dolphins are going to lose to the uh, Chiefs this week, eight and five. Yep. Next week, the Dolphins have a chance to leapfrog the Bills.
2: Okay. They're going to beat the Patriots. Okay.
0: <laughs> I I I think
2: look, you, look, look, you I think you need I think you need some, listen, you listen, need some listen, whiskey listen. there, Burge No, no, no. I, I
1: I stay away from I stay away from the whiskey. But well, look, you look, might need to start I, drinking some. No, 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 no. Look, I I I've been saying for probably f- f- a month now that the Dolphins are going to win the AFC East, and I'm on record saying it. Oh God. Let's be honest. I'm a Dolphin fan. I think it's a pipe dream. For this, for this purpose, right now, for this discussion, okay. I hope the pa- I hope the Patriots start Cam Newton next week and that the, that Brian Flores smokes him. We'll just say that. We'll just say that. I, you know, I know the Patriots aren't going to really realistically make the playoffs this week, but I would love for the Dolphins to leapfrog the Bills because I absolutely have an utter disgust. For the Bills mafia and the table crashing of the drunk, the drunken tailgaters up there in Buffalo, I hate them. I hate them.
2: <laughs> and so, 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 Jay, when we come out of COVID, we need to take, uh, we need to take Burge up to Orchard Park, hang out with Lindsay and uh, and her I'm husband, in. I'm in. I'm and in. we'll have some good food and we'll 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 go check out a Bills game. Is that what it sounds like?
1: I'll bring my boy with me too. It'll be a good time.
0: Well, let's let's hope we don't get uh, seats up in the nosebleeds where the wind gust is uh, fifty miles per hour at. Uh, hey, negative, Bill's at, character. At, we at, we hang out with the drunk Bezos at, up at, in the up in the bleachers. At negative thirty-five. Oh, do you remember that chick?
2: <laughs> How can I forget? Josh Allen's on my fantasy team. Josh Allen needs to run it in.
0: How can I forget? How could I forget? Yeah, that's one of those stadiums where, you know, the experience is fun. But my God, that is a shit old stadium, man. Oh, can I, can I
1: just w- say real quick before you continue? I love unscheduled podcasts because we can just go. We can just go.
0: Yeah, <laughs> maybe we should uh, take some notes from this and do this more often. <laughs> hey, should, I'm down. We should, we should stop uh, Stop with all the bullshit and the, uh, the, the the podcast, you know, what do you call it? Schedules, I guess. And just, and just talk, you know? <laughs> so...
2: I mean, the, the, the what's the grand as the outsider looking in for you two fellas? I, I think we've trotted over this ground a few times tonight in previous podcasts. Like, what, what, what? Where do we? Where do you guys go from here?
0: Well, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna drive. <laughs>
2: Like, where do we go? Where do we go from here? And I know it's I know it's a lot easier said than done, but like we well, looked at the schedule
0: down to the Wendy's right down the street from me, right? Because I love I love a chicken spicy chicken sandwich from Wendy's, right? Oh, there. nice, nice. Uh, okay, okay. Right sriracha in. sauce or no? No, no. Sriracha sauce is spicy enough with, as it is. But the reason why I'm doing that is because I love it so much, and I definitely want to eat it one last time before I walk into a lake and never come back out. I mean that that that's where <laughs> that's where I stand right now. I want that to be my last meal. And then I'm going to walk into a lake, stop breathing And then cease to exist
2: So Burge, what are we doing? Are we doing like a shot of, of Rum and then calling it a night? Or, or, or am I going to have to do a welfare check Up in Nashua, New Hampshire? What, what, what am I going to have to do With your ass? I'm
1: be wow, should, I, should I'm I, I play
2: <laughs> Should I play Everybody Hurts? Do I need to sing?
1: You can play the sound of silence right now because that's all I want right now.
2: Hello, darkness, my it's old my friend. My
1: old friend. Exactly.
2: I've come to talk with you
1: again. I'm probably gonna turn that on as soon as we stop recording tonight. I, you know, I, I'm just, I'm just disappointed tonight. There's no other. word I'm not mad. I'm disappointed. And, you know, that's the word that my that Chantel gives me when she's upset with me. Huh. And uh-huh. uh, yeah, exactly.
2: And I got to say, Chantel's got to be a trooper dealing with the, the, the little man and, and, and the podcast. And we're now past midnight at this point.
1: Look, look, <laughs> look She's an absolute trooper. I love that girl to death. And you know, she went to bed at before halftime tonight because she didn't want to witness the debacle. And she <laughs> knew what was going to happen with me tonight if the debacle happened. And if she was still awake right now, I'd be getting the I'd be getting the uh, the death stare from yep. the uh, from the basement stairs at this point. But you know, I I, I it's been so long since we felt this way as Patriots fans. And you know, Puma, you you gloat all you want, but you know. You, you have a you have a little sympathetic tone to how you talk to me, when it comes to this. We argue about a lot, and you know you you understand where we're coming from.
2: Yeah, I was there. I was there before Brady. So like I get it. <laughs> you're still there.
1: You're still your your Dolphins are still there. Yeah. And you know, I I appreciate and am thankful for everything that the last twenty years has brought us. I did not think it was going to end this year with Brady leaving, but hey, 2020 going to 2020, you know what I'm saying? But...
0: Well, uh, well but my, my problem is, though, man, like, I just didn't expect it to be this bad. Like, I... I what do you mean this
1: bad, though? Like, they're 6 and 7. Like, they're not like they're they're not like they're three and 10 at this point or three and 13 or whatever, you know, well, you I guess like-
0: bads for, for me and you are different. Cause bad for me as well. They're under 500 and they have no shot of making the playoff. Essentially. Like, I, mean, I think but, that's a bad season, but, but maybe, maybe I'm the crazy one who expects more out of my are. team, but like, I, I, just, I, I, mean- just, I just, I legitimately <laughs> thought that we were going to be able to pop somebody into that system. Right. And we still have Belichick and, you know, we would be able to be a playoff team, and look, you know, a ten and six, you know, maybe, maybe eleven and five in a good year. We're not gonna get the thirteen and three years. Eleven anymore. and five, or the, or the or the fourteen and two years anymore. We're not gonna get that what? anymore. What? But
1: when Brady was here, we were, you know. What was the worst record when Brady was here? You can exclude two thousand two or whatever it was the second year here. Like
0: twelve and four or some shit, right? No, no, no. It was eleven and
1: five and eleven and five is is a is a fantastic record in the That was the year
2: he 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 blew his knee out, right? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) yeah, The first game right, right, right.
1: Okay, so you wanna call twelve and four the worst record, but like if you're gonna realistically average twelve and four in the NFL every year for 20 years. That's like, like the, that's Atlanta
2: Braves, uh, that's exactly, y- the Atlanta Braves when they were on the playoff run.
1: The Atlanta Braves were in the division for what? 15 20 years 15, straight. 15 20
2: 80. years straight and they only won you know, two Super Bowl. not Super Bowls, but World Series titles, but you get the point.
1: You got to have you got to you're going to have this point. And you know what? If it's going to be 2020 and this is the year when the Patriots miss the playoffs and they're 8 and 8 or 9 and 7 going into the playoffs, so be it. Like 2020 Screwed my hockey season with my Bruins this year. The Bruins were the best team in the league in the NHL this year. Yeah, they got they hosed. They by having to go into a bubble and play, and they got knocked out in the second round by a better team on a neutral ice. And, you know, I, I would much rather happen this year with everything that has gone on outside of football, you know, with everybody, you know, with the pandemic. The, the...
0: You know, the economic
1: crises that are going on and, you know, everything. <laughs> We're everything getting into that,
0: the economic crisis. <laughs> no, I'm
1: just saying Yo, it's saying. a fact. This it. cap it. is Let coming down. It's Let getting,
0: down. It's getting deep. <laughs>
1: like, you know, everything that has happened this year, I mean, this is just 2020. I mean, the day I woke up that Tom Brady left, I shed a tear. I'll be honest. I shed a tear when he left this team. My childhood idol since 2000, I was freaking 11 or 12 years old when, when this kid, guy took over the helm of the Patriots. And if, if there's any year that this is going to happen, let it be 2020. Just smack me in the face with everything that this year has brought on. And, you know, 2021 NFL season, if we're still dealing with this COVID-19 pandemic in July of next year, God, we're going to have bigger problems than what we're talking about right now. But, like, just just smack me in the face We'll take it as it is. There's no fans in the stands. We could slap an asterisk on any of the four professional league titles that have happened this year. Let's be honest. But just smack me in the face with it, and we can move forward to 2021 and hope for the best. You know, this is the first time I've realistically been sincerely excited about a Patriots offseason since I... I, Maybe maybe 06, 07 when Randy Moss was brought here. But, like, they have money. They're not one of those teams that have sp- overspent and are in cap hell because of that. Granted, the cap will go down this year because of what's gone on. I mean, maybe as a product of what has happened this year, this team will benefit going forward. And I'll hold up. You know, if they don't make the playoffs this year, I'll, I'll hang my hopes on that. If it doesn't happen, you know, whatever. But I can at least there's something after this season that we can hang our hopes on. Yeah.
2: Sorry for the rant.
0: That's fine. But listen, I, I, we're 75 minutes in. <laughs> I th-
2: I think, <laughs> oh my god! I think
0: we're just going in circles now. I, I think I we think could, we're good at this point. We could keep going. We could keep going, I mean, could keep going I, I all I think, night long. Maybe. I, I think we've made our point very well clear, and, and I still have about another hour's worth of editing to do after this. So, uh, so let's get our final thoughts in, man. Listen, I think I think at the end of the day, you know. It was disappointing what I saw tonight. Um, I think, you know, I am, to my core, a very cynical person. So I, I generally don't see the happy-go-lucky world that Burge sees, right? Um, and I tend to see the worst. And, and, you know, even though we were winning, I still, in the back of my mind, had this fear that someday we're going to go run up against this team that is essentially going to, you know, make us throw the football and Camden was not going to be able to do it. And, and that's what essentially happened tonight. Um, You know, us winning with 63 yards two weeks ago and 69 last week um, just wasn't going to cut it. And, and I was just hoping that, you know, at some point, Cam would be able to step up and and actually deliver the ball accurately and on time and, and actually have more than 100 yards passing and lead us to victory. Unfortunately, that's not the case. Um, the, the outlook looks looks bleak. <laughs> uh, you know, you guys think that they're going to end up winning against the Dolphins. I think they might not, so we'll see how that pans out. But overall, a disappointing night, a disappointing night for the defense, for the, for the special teams, um, you know, uh, for – for Cam Noon And then obviously for Bill Belichick, who I think probably had uh, his worst coaching performance all year long. So, um, so yeah, I mean, that, that's my final thoughts on that.
2: Yeah. I don't have anything else. And uh, I'm just going to plug it up real quick. Uh, this, this emergency pod that ended up being a regular <laughs> episode uh, can be found on Spotify, SoundCloud, Google play, Google podcast, Stitcher, and uh at youtube uh you can follow us on social media on uh facebook and instagram pro football radio podcast twitter at pfr podcast i'm on twitter at brando underscore puma jay, at jay Chima. make sure to do a welfare check with eric burgess at burge the goalie and uh like subscribe download i'm gonna go to fucking bed because i'm tired i'm a bit drunk and uh, that's Wuss. all I got, y'all. <laughs> Wuss. I'm, I'm, here I am drinking whiskey straight from the bottle. So, uh, yeah, you can call me a pansy all you want, Burge. <laughs> I don't give a damn.
0: Uh, uh, I'm done. That's t- the plug. Here tough, we go. Tough guy drinking his whiskey from the bottle. <laughs> Ooh. Uh,
2: yeah, I try hard. I don't give a damn. Uh, uh, anywho, yeah, that's, I, that's all I got.
0: All right, well, listen, thanks guys for tuning in. We'll talk to you guys next week.
2: Faya Condios, 12 Patriots.